Welcome to Seeking Christ in the Scriptures, the teaching and preaching podcast from McConnell Road Baptist Church in Greensboro, North Carolina. My name is Matthew Tilly, and I'm the pastor of McConnell Road Baptist, and we're glad that you've joined us for this podcast. If you'd like to learn more about the church, please visit us online at mcconnellroadbaptist.org. I want to ask you to stand with me as we read the Lord's words. We're in Mark chapter 8. We'll begin in verse 34. We'll read down to verse 38. Just five verses, uh, but Jesus has a way of saying a whole lot in a little bit of space. Listen to what he says. When he had called his, called the, excuse me, and when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And, what's, and whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Whatsoever therefore shall be, or rather, whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Let's pray together. Lord, it's with a little bit of trepidation that I present this, these words of our Lord to these people. As you know, Jesus has a way of kind of cutting to the quick, scaring us a bit. Help us, Lord, to be in awe of his glory. Help us to be certainly trembling and in fear of his power, but Lord, help us to be in love with him so much that we will go wherever he tells us to go. Help us to have that heart ready these people's minds. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. If you learned anything about the Revolutionary War in high school or college or elementary school for that matter, you probably um, know this, the, the statement by Patrick Henry that he gave in 1775 where he said, give me liberty or give me death. So we know that, we know that phrase, okay. And I think built into that what he said, I think we would appreciate, at least most people, Americans, appreciate giving me liberty or give me death. We appreciate the concepts behind it because built into that is this idea that there's some things in this world that are just worth dying for. There are some things that are actually worth giving your life for. In fact, the United States of America, if you love this country, was built on that idea. That's what Patrick Henry's talking about. Hey, I'll die if it takes it in order for me to be able to establish this nation. That was what he was saying. But that idea that there are certain things that are worth dying for, we're seeing it. I'm not saying you necessarily need to agree with it, but I am saying we are seeing that principle in action right now on the streets of some of our cities where people are protesting and rioting. We're seeing it there to say nothing of the morality of their actions, simply to say that there are some people who are willing. And I've heard, I don't know if y'all listen to them, you listen to what they're saying. They're saying, listen, I'm willing to do, lay it all out for this cause that is important to me. Again, 
right? Whether we like their, and I, I know by looking at your faces, you may not like what they're saying. I'm not trying to convince you they're right, simply trying to help you see that there are people, even people who don't believe like you do, that believe there's certain things worth dying for. You understand what I'm saying? Everyone gives their life to something. This is where I want you to see. Everyone gives our lives for something. There are some people who are out in the streets protesting for some uh, cause that they believe is just. There are some people who are giving their lives, doing everything they can to protect their comfort and their safety. There are some people who are giving their lives so that they can satisfy that need in their body for drugs or alcohol. There are people who are giving their entire lives so that they can have a family and a home. There are people that are giving their entire lives so that one day, just hope and pray, they can have a comfortable retirement. Do you see what I'm saying? That we all spend our energy, we spend our time, we spend our lives focusing on something, focusing on something. We are, say that there are things that are worth dying for. My question is, what is it you're, we're, that you are willing to die for? What are you willing to die for? What is that? I want you to see what Jesus says in verse 34. He says, if you're going to follow him, whosoever will come after me, here's what he says you have to do. First of all, he says, you have to deny yourself. He says, if you're going to follow after me, you must deny yourself. Now, when he says that, he's not saying you need to give up stuff. So a lot of times I think about denying myself because I'm trying to lose a little weight, so I'm going to deny myself that extra bowl of ice cream. I shouldn't eat the first one, but I'm going to eat not going to eat the second one. I'm going to feel better about myself. I'm going to deny myself. You understand what I'm getting at? That's how we often think about denying ourselves. I'm, I'm giving up. You hear people giving up things for Lent. You know, it's sort of a tradition some people will follow. And they just say, well, I'm not going to drink caffeine or I'm not going to whatever. They decide they're going to stop for a period of time. Well, this is not what Jesus is saying. He's not saying just give something up. He's not saying deny yourself something, stop doing something. He's saying deny yourself. He's saying to actually deny you. He's saying that the center of your life, the gravity of your life, is no longer you any longer. It is not about you anymore. Your life, if you're going to follow Jesus, he says, I want you to deny yourself. I want your life to no longer be about you. No matter about what you want anymore, the focus of your life is not who you are and what you have. No longer is it what you want or what you need. Your focus of your life is definitely not what's owed to you. Isn't that what this world is all about? That I owe this to me. Somebody owes this to me. I've worked this hard, so they owe this to me. I'm this kind of person, so they owe this to me. I'm that kind of background, so this is owed to me. He, he's, Jesus says, if you're going to be a follower of Jesus, nothing, you've you're got to take those whatever you think is owed to you, all debts that you have, they are no longer about you anymore. It is no longer about what you want. You give all of that up. Instead, Jesus and his gospel is the center, the, the main point of your life. It's the, the goal of your life. Everything in your life is yearning and longing towards him. He's saying, deny yourself. It's not about you anymore. But he goes on in that verse, verse 34, he says, whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself. And then what does he say? Take up his cross. Now, in this era that we live in, when I think of take up my cross, I've said it before. I've used this phrase myself. Well, that's just my cross to bear. You know what I'm talking about? You ever say that? And it's just sort of, that's my burden. That's my inconvenience. That's something I have to deal with. That's what we mean by that. Again, not what Jesus is talking about. 
when he says take up your cross he uses the word cross that idea of a cross he is talking about an implement of execution might make more sense to us in our era because we don't think about crucifixions we think about in terms of 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 uh things like lethal injections or maybe if you think about old westerns hanging you know things like that you you think about those kinds of executions so what he's saying here is not a glamorous statement oh you know let's let us take up our cross and this is something we're going to boldly walk around with a badge of honor no 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 it's not a religious statement he's not even making a religious statement here i know we associate the cross in as with christianity because jesus died on a cross but no he didn't die on a cross at this point he's not dead yet he hasn't been hung on the cross so when he's talking about this he is talking about not a burden not an inconvenience not even a religious action here what he is talking about is the resolute resigned attitude of a convicted condemned man he is literally saying you need to act as if you have no other alternative but to peacefully and quietly and as dignified as you possibly can walk to your death you are a man who is a dead man walking you are a man who has no pardons left the governor is not going to call you are not getting out of this you are dead to rights everybody saw you do it you've already eaten your last meal you're walking to the death chamber they're strapping you down there is no hope in sight you are doing this because that is your destiny that's what he is talking about when he says take up your cross again that was a criminal's action taking up your cross you're taking it up because <laughs> you're going where you know what the end of this is you're not going to have a party they're not going to surprise we'll surprise no no this is a time they're going to nail you to a cross you're going to bleed you are going to die he's saying if you are going to follow jesus to faithfully to truly follow jesus you have to go knowing what you're getting into it's taking up a cross you're taking it up with the mindset that knows I'm not, I'm not heading somewhere that's all rainbows and sunshines and unicorns. I'm heading into a fight. I'm heading into something that my life is at stake. I'm expecting, literally expecting suffering, literally expecting death and facing it head on. Not fighting, not turning back, not saying I don't want to go, but saying I'm taking my cross up and I'm going right into it. To follow Jesus means, in short, to deny ourselves and to take up his cross. That means the center of gravity of my life shifts away from me towards God's will. If you think about your own self for just a minute, just a half a second, your life, generally speaking, if you left your own devices, what's it all about? What makes you feel good? What makes you happy? What makes you comfortable? Does it, not? it does for me. Maybe I'm the only one. I can't imagine that I am. That's how we tend to think. And Jesus says, no, 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 if you're going to follow me, that center of gravity shifts away from you, and it shifts to say, what is it that God wants? What does God think about this matter? What does God want me to do? How does God feel about it? And I know when I do that, suffering is going to come, death is going to come. Now, contrary to our, this is all contrary to our nature. I can tell you right now, if I was, somebody was coming here to say, and serious about it and i knew they were serious about it and they were going to take me to my death i can't imagine that i would go all that easily with them i'm not saying i would win i'm not suggesting i would necessarily win they'd probably be able to get me out of here i'm just saying i might fight them a little bit on it 
right? Would you not fight a little bit on it? <laughs> I, I would try. I would try. They might overwhelm me. And, and I want you to understand that what Jesus is calling for is not natural. It's contrary to our nature. And he is saying, you have to go against your nature. In fact, you know what our nature is? is to fight against giving up our lives. In fact, we actually fight to get our lives. It's what we spend our lives doing. Now again, not all of us have the same values. I understand that. I'm talking about not just in this room, but in the world. We all have different sets of values. There's things that are important to you that are not important to people over here, people that are important to y'all. There's not people out there that's not important to them. We understand we're different values, but the fact is we all fight for whatever it is we want. We fight hard. We fight for a livelihood. We fight for a legacy. We fight for our families. We fight for comfort. We fight for respectability, whatever that might mean. We fight for life itself. As I suggested, you try to kill me, I might lose, but I'm going to fight you a little bit on it. I'm going to work against you. We fight for these things because you know what we want? We want to gain the whole world. And what do you mean by the whole world? I don't necessarily want the rocks and the trees and the gold and this, that, and the other. I want my whole world, my, what I want, everything that's important to me. That's what we talk about when we that's my world. But Jesus says in verse 35, whosoever will save his life, you fight to keep your life, he shall lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life for my sake in the gospel, shame shall save it. He says in verse 36, what shall it profit of man if he gain the whole world? Let's just say for the sake of discussion, which is what Jesus is bringing up here, Let's just say you could have whatever it is that's in your mind that you just, if I could just have that, whatever that is. <laughs> and so and I, I can only imagine the lists that are in y'all's heads right now. But whatever that thing is, if you could just have that, what in the world would you give for that? And people, people spend their lives for this, don't they not? I, I mean, I can tell you, I've spent my life trying to accomplish certain things. I have. Some of it's been a waste. Some of it's wasted and useless. Some of it's been useful because it's been for the Lord, but a lot of it has been wasted. But I want you to understand, he says in verse 35, if you try, the harder you try, you're going to lose it. Why is that? Because you know what the wage of sin is? Death. Romans 3 or 6 tells us that. The wage of sin is death. The harder you fight to get what you want, the more likely you're going to lose it. In fact, what is the fight even worth? What shall it profit you? What would it profit you if you could get exactly what you desired, everything you put your hands on, exactly what was in your mind, yet the price for that was to spend not a year or two, not a decade or two, not a century or two, but trillions and trillions and trillions upon trillions of years in torment under the wrath of God. Yes, you accomplished all the things in this life that you set out to do, but the result of that was hell. I, I don't care who you are. I don't care what your calculations are. That's losing. That's losing. You may have gained the whole world, but you've lost your soul. It's only Jesus that saves. He says there in verse 35, the last part of that, he says, whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. The gift, rather, the wage of sin is death, Romans 6, 23. But the gift of God is eternal life. We get to live forever. We get God's gift, and that is freely given. 
to all that believe the gospel. That's what we have to do, believe the gospel. He asked an interesting question in verse 37. What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? I think the way you could ask that question is, what's your soul worth? What's it worth? What's it worth, it to, what's it worth to you? I, I can tell you, people put all kinds of values on their soul. We all do this. Again, you may not acknowledge it, but I'm trying to get you to at least acknowledge that you do this on some level, that there is something that you have decided, it's worth my life. I'm going to dedicate myself to it. This is most important to me. That thing, that, ap- that action, that, 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 that pursuit, what is that thing? But let me tell you that whatever, you, whatever value you put on your soul, God has put an even higher value on your soul. I do want to read over in 1 Peter. You don't have to turn there unless you want to, but I want you to see in 1 Peter chapter 1, it talks about that in verse 18 of chapter 1, 1 Peter, ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold. How many people do you know that have spent their life's work, worked them, themselves into an early grave trying to make a few, few dollars? And, and, and some people are successful at it. But Jesus says, or rather, the Lord says that, that your soul was not bought by silver and gold. It says there, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, Jesus' blood was shed for your soul. What's your soul worth? It's worth the blood of God himself. It's worth him suffering and dying. That's what your soul's worth. It's also worth, he goes on there, says verse 20, who, who verily was foreordained before the foundations of the world was manifest in these last times. It was worth God's eternal plan. God thought enough of your soul from the beginning of, before the beginning of time, from eternity past, to say, your soul is valuable enough. I'm going to orchestrate a, a, a plan, a redemption plan to save your soul. That's what he thinks it's worth. And let me tell you, I think that's worth denying myself and taking up my cross and following Jesus. But the question you have to ask yourself, and you can say and you can sit there and agree with me or not or however you want to feel about it, but what most of us have done in reality, whether you assent to what I'm saying or not verbally or mentally, what we have actually done with our lives is we have put money, comfort, career, sexuality, politics, our legacy. We have put that, that is most important to us, whatever that is. And you may say, well, that's not my list. Well, forgive me for not reading your mind, but there's something that you have put in front of the Lord's command to deny yourself and to pick up your cross. Reminds me of the man Naaman. He was a general back in the Syrian army, this is over in uh, the Old Testament, he gets a leprous, a leprous condition, leprosy in his skin. This is basically a death sentence at that time. He hears about a man who heals lepers. He goes to that man, it was a prophet of God, and he asked the man, can you heal me? And the prophet told him, he says, now there's a river, it's called the Jordan River, I want you to go down there, dip in the river seven times. And Naaman said, I don't want to dip in that old nasty river. I've got a bunch of really nice rivers back home that I want to dip in. Of course, cooler heads prevailed and talked to the general and said, General, listen, 
if, if it takes dipping yourself into some dirty water for seven times, why would it not be worth it? Why you got to go all the way back to the house to do something that he says is not even going to work? And I think this is exactly what we do. God has said, you have to give yourself up. You have to face death in the face. You have to look as if, or live as if your life is not worth, your, it's not, it's not, not worth anything to you, but ultimately it is worth whatever God wants to make of it. You have to live in that way. And we sit there saying, well, but, but I like to vote this way. Uh, but, 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 but you don't understand that I like to live in this neighborhood. You don't understand that I like my church to be in this particular kind of church. You don't understand, I like these things. These are important to me. And Jesus is saying, I'm sorry, you may have gained the world. You may have gotten what you want, but you've lost your soul. At the end of it all, if you're not willing to give those things up, and I, and I mean this very vehemently, because this is what believing the gospel means. If you're not willing to forego some personal preference, some tradition that has been taught and baked into you, if you're not willing to forego that when Jesus plainly says it's sin, it's wrong, it is to be discarded, it is no longer of value to you, if you are not willing to do that, you do not believe the gospel. Because Jesus has said, you have to deny yourself, you have to face down death, you have to take whatever the consequences are in this life in order to gain life in the next life, because he says, you have to believe my gospel. What is his gospel? His gospel is that Jesus died on the cross, that he's the God of the universe. He's not coming to do a dirty transaction for you. He is coming to give his life for you. He came to do that, and he victoriously came out of the grave and now sits on the right hand of God the Father, making intercession, yes, ruling the world, absolutely. That is who our Jesus is. That is our gospel. And any gospel that says, well, I can have my Jesus, and I can do my mess too, you don't believe the gospel. You believe something else. You believe a social gospel. You believe a faith healing gospel you believe a prosperity gospel you believe a republican gospel you believe a democratic gospel you believe a fill-in-the-blank gospel but you don't believe the gospel of jesus christ take the world and give me jesus but jesus isn't done because i think some of us will say well, I like what you're saying, Matthew, but you understand I'm in the middle of something right now. Some of you young people, eh, when I get a little older, right now it's not that important. I'll deal with this later. Some of you that are at the beginning of your, your family, you've got younger children, you're like, I've got to focus on the kids right now. Some of you that your kids are starting to leave house, oh, you know, whenever they get out of the house, we'll deal with it then. Or you don't understand I'm in the middle of my career right now. I've got to focus in and get the money I need to make or... We got all kinds of, I just, I just started retirement. <laughs> I just started retirement. What are you talking about? I got, I, got to, I got to get a few of these things taken care of. I get, got to get that second home taken care of. I got to, I, I got, you know, all, whatever your life looks like. You know, we all, again, you say, well, you didn't pick mine. Well, again, I didn't read your mind. I understand. We all got our things, don't we? We all got our things. This is my point. We all got a reason, not right now, maybe later. Right now, instead, what Jesus is saying, if that's, the way, if that's truly your attitude, look what he says in verse 38. 
Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation. See, right now we're too busy enjoying cavorting about with the adulterous and sinful generation. We don't want to give up our pleasures. We don't want to face certain death. We'll do it later. We'll do it later. God will understand. I'll follow him another time. I'll, I'll give up my politics. I'll give up my traditions. I'll give up my personal biases. I'll give up my attitudes. I'll give up my, these things that I know the Bible teaches against and I've heard preaching against and I'm convicted about. I'll give those up later. But right now, you don't understand, it's a little inconvenient. But Jesus says, listen, if you ain't going to do it now, you ain't going to do it later. You see what he says there? He says, you'll be ashamed of me now with this adulterous and sinful generation. He says, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. See, our values start showing. Be like me campaigning for the Joe Biden campaign, knocking on doors, passing out flyers, and then come November... President Trump wins a second term, and me saying, hey, y'all want to hire me for some political office? You understand how silly that sounds? And if you don't understand how silly that sounds, let me give you another one. It'd be like uh, UNC basketball fans, forgive me, Kathy, um, stopping to cheer their basketball team along when they chased Wake Forest to the bottom of the ACC rankings this past year. And saying, I'm still a fan. No, no, you ain't a fan. You got to stick with your team. And if that one don't do it for you, let me give you another one here. You might say, well, I love my wife. But when I evaluate what you spend your time doing, you're texting, you're eating with, talking to on the phone, some other woman. You might lie to me. But unless your wife is stupid... You ain't, con you ain't convincing her of anything. Are, are y'all with me at all? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? You can say what you want to say, but your values show in how you live your life. So when we stand before that judgment day, when we're standing there facing our Savior, the one who bled, who died for us, who did bleed and felt pain for us, and we look at him and say, I'm ready now, Jesus. I'm going to follow you. Mm. I'm going to follow you. And he's going to say, well, I know you said that while you was on this earth. I know you went to church. I know you said a lot of good things. But you were cavorting about with a wicked, adulterous, sinful generation. You thought they were more important than what I was doing on this earth. Which is why he says... He's going to be disappointed. He's going to be ashamed in you. He's, I don't believe he's going to take you into his kingdom. You see, following Jesus is not a secret club. There's no secret handshakes around here. There's no quiet rituals. We don't, it's not a, we don't talk about that. No, no, we talk about it here. It's all out in the open. A lot of, a lot of those secret clubs, you know, if you're a legacy, you know, your dad or your mom was in that club, they, you get in, right? You know, that's how that works with some of those not how this works with uh, with jesus it's not how it works at all there's one way in his name is jesus he's the only way of salvation and when you go after jesus 
do understand this. You are not going after a genie. You are not going after a magic lamp who will give you all of your hopes and dreams and wishes. That's not what you're doing. You're following the God of the universe, and he is saying to you, you're following me to your death. Now, I want to I at least acknowledge what I've just said to y'all. I'm talking to what, for a COVID-19 world, is a pretty full house of people who want to be here. I don't think anybody forced any of y'all to be here. If you did, y'all can leave now. But I hope you want to be here. You want to be here. You're here for that. And I think it would be... It'd be wonderful, I can tell you, that God has a wonderful plan for your life, and it includes riches and wealth and success and happiness. I want to be able to say that. That's my desire. I'm just telling you, that's what I want to be able to say to you. But my Jesus doesn't let me say that to you. If I read his words, he says, take up your cross, head for death, and deny yourself. Stop making it about you. If you're not willing to do that, he will say, as he says in Matthew, depart from me, I never knew you. I do want you to follow Jesus, I really do. And like I said, I wish I could offer you riches and wealth and healing and retribution for all the wrongs that have been done against you and everybody else in the world. I sure would get a bigger following. We'd have to build a bigger building if I could do that. But that's not how he arranged it. That's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. To follow Jesus means to give up everything, to deny yourself, and to saddle up for sure death. That's what it has meant for every genuine Christian throughout history. It's what it meant for the Old Testament saints before Christ came. You go over to Hebrews chapter 11, you look about verse 32, and you read to the end of that chapter, you will see that people who believe that Jesus is the only way, people who believe that God would send a Messiah, the people who believed and did what Jesus said here, it meant death for them. It meant pain for them. And that's what Jesus said in, in this passage, and it's what it means for me and you, we're to follow him. But outside of Jesus, we lose it all. Do you understand that? If you don't have Jesus, you're going to lose everything you think you're gaining. But if you do follow him... Man, you know what you get? You get Jesus. You get God, and you don't just get him a little bit. You don't just get some mountaintop experience and some goose pimples on your, on your skin every now and again, the hair on the back of your neck stand. We don't get, don't, you get some of that maybe, but that's not all you get. You know what you get? You get God for eternity, for the rest of the ever and ever and ever. I can't even imagine eternity, but you get him forever. And you know what it's going to take? In this brief moment of time that we live in, we might face a little bit of pain and suffering. Might even face a lot of pain and suffering. I know there have been brothers and sisters who have gone on before who have died for their faith. It might come to that for us. It might. But that little bit of pain will pale into comparison to what we will gain through Jesus Christ. Will you come and follow Jesus? I'm inviting you to come and die. Come and die. That's what he's offering to us. Thank you for joining us for Seeking Christ in the Scriptures, the teaching and preaching podcast from McConnell Road Baptist Church in Greensboro, North Carolina. I'm Pastor Matthew Tilly, and I'm so glad you joined us here. But if you'd like to learn more about the church, please visit us online at mcconnellroadbaptist.org.